Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek. Hey, this is Matt Lesher. This is Phil Lamar. Hey, this is Rodney Taylor, a.k.a. the Penguin Gotham, and you are listening to Geek Vibes Live. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to another awesome episode of Geek Vibes Live Review. Tonight, I am your host, Tia. We are going to be talking about probably the best-kept secret right now called Doom Patrol. If you've never watched it, it is on the FCC Universe, which I highly recommend getting because their uh, production of this insanely weird show is absolutely worth the what? Six dollars a month that it costs to, you know, get DC Universe. So absolutely, you should be watching this. And Doom Patrol just finished its first season, which is why we're here. And when I say we, I mean me and my amazing co-host for this evening, Ryan. How are you, Ryan? Hey, hey, hey. My name's Trevor, and my name's Noah, and my name's Pablo. What's going on? <laughs> You know, he's just that awesome that he has several different names and probably a few different personas that we'll meet uh, throughout the night. I am very excited to meet all oh, of them. I'm, oh, this is going to be so good. <laughs> Ryan, thank you so much for being with us tonight because, honestly, I never thought that I would watch this show. As you know, I was late in the game for Titans, which is obviously the show that Doom Patrol kind of uh, – sprung out of, and I think about the third or fourth episode, but you attach anything with Brendan Fraser, I'm going to be excited to watch it because I'm a 90s kid to my core, and Brendan Fraser was just a huge part of pretty much anything that was around during that time. So you tell me that he's kind of making a comeback to TV or, you know, just the big screen, I'm going to be excited about it. But we had such amazing characters in this show, uh, we had as you, Brendan Fraser as Cliff Steele, a.k.a. Robot Man. We had Matt Homer as Larry Trainer, Diane Guerrero as Crazy Jane. Um, we had Javian Wade as Cyborg, who did amazing. I probably should have did a little bit more research because I don't know who the actors who played Rita, and I don't really know the actor who played uh, Doc, you know, Niles. But they were all fabulous, too. So before I keep talking, Ryan... Why don't you give me your general uh, feelings about, first of all, this cast and then season one of Doom Patrol in general? So, first off, this this all the time with Doom Patrol, I was the very first defender for the DC Universe app, by the way, before any of y'all come at me being like, oh, Ryan, you just jumped in the bandwagon. Like, shut up. No, I'm not. Okay? You can ask Tia. I told her to watch all these shows. But I'm, I'm, he kind, did, he I'm did. kind of upset. I'm kind of upset that they're, they're, like, connected Titans and Doom Patrol, but they're not at the same time. Like, people are going saying that they're connected, and then other people are saying they're not, so it's kind of confusing. I don't understand why, especially with the continuity that mostly everyone, with the exception of Niles, was in the Doom Patrol episode in Titans. That's, that's about it, though. But, dude, this show is fucking amazing. 
I loved it. I actually think it's better than Titans season one, in my opinion, just yeah. because the show doesn't give a shit. Well, literally, the, the penultimate episode literally called, it was like penultimate p- patrol or some shit like that, had them all ejaculating from a guy flexing. Who does? <laughs> I, I didn't even understand what was going on when that was happening until fucking Cliff said something. And I was dying laughing. I thought it was great. But like like you said before, I'm not, I'm not a 90s kid. Um, I was born in 2000. So I, I did grow up with Brandon Fraser watching the, the Mummy movies. Dude, they were fucking fantastic. Except for the, the third one. But we don't talk about that. We talk about the first two. And definitely not that god-awful remake with uh, Tom Cruise. Not Cruise, it's Cruise. We, but, we don't talk about yeah. that. We don't talk about that. Yeah, yeah so I, I thought Brandon Fraser is fantastic in this. He got a lot more screen time than I thought he would in this show, to be honest. And I thought the, the very first episode really encaptured me. Like, it showed so everybody who they was, and I thought it was great. And they did a great subversion of expectation with Cliff's character when they want you to think that he died in the car accident but the, on, like, the track, but then he really got him and his wife's head decapitated. And all around great cast. The only like nitpick I had with it that's actually not really bad was Alan Tudyk was a fucking amazing villain. And him like breaking the fourth wall and reading reviews for the show that he's in, in the show, he I feel like he was very underutilized. He he was maybe in the first two episodes and then one episode in the middle middle and then the last two. That's about it. Maybe with one voiceover line here and there. And that, that kind of like tickled my pickle the wrong way because Alan Tudyk is such an amazing actor. Well, that was what's, what's kind of funny is that he even mentioned at some point, he was like, I wasn't yeah. even in the last two episodes. And as you said, with the whole Flex Montalo thing, uh, I love that this show was absolutely not afraid to be weird at all. Oh, but God, before. No. But before I go any further, I do apologize. I want to say that Juwan has joined us. Welcome, Juwan. Or not. Apparently, maybe his phone is still giving hey, him problems. bro, it's James Charles. What's going on, people? <laughs> hey, sister. We're going to have multiple James Charles poking uh, fun at today. But uh, let's keep going with that. Yeah, as you said, um, it, it wasn't afraid to be absolutely freaking weird as shit, and I loved that about this show. I was like, it's the, it's not concerned. It's going to have a blue talking horse head that kind of sings and uh, a giant eye in the sky, uh, every little thing, and, and uh, some dude who flexes and gives an uh, entire street an orgasm. I mean, what am I watching right now? And it's one of the things definitely that I'm like, my mom would certainly not freaking enjoy this at all because mm-hmm. she would be like, this is absolutely way too weird. But I just continued loving it. I was like, give me more, give me more. Uh, I need every single part of this. And as you said, the first episode completely captured me because you had such a beautiful, like, breakdown of pretty much, like, the reason why each and every one of them are kind of, like, the way that they are. And that was 
fabulous. Brendan Fraser, like, knocked it out of the park. Max Palmer, uh, as Larry Trainer, obviously had this really tragic story. I liked uh, Rita Farr's explanation. I love the whole thing. And going kind of to your point a little earlier with it as well, uh, the Niall Calder, to me, I didn't really mind that it was different actors. That shit happens all the time. So they really could have said, like, it's in the same universe. We just got a different actor because maybe we're telling a story before you see them in Titans. I just don't think it would have been that big of a deal. So their whole ping-ponging back and forth, it's in this, it's not in this, make up your mind already. Yeah, I, I, know, I know what you mean. And honestly, I'm glad they recasted him. They made the guy who played it in the Doom Patrol series a lot more likable than the one in the fucking Titan show. I absolutely didn't. That, he was the one gripe I didn't like about the Titans episode, Doom Patrol, um, was the guy who played Niles Colder. You, you know he's a very cynical guy, but after watching Doom Patrol, the way they portrayed him on Titans was completely 180, when it's almost the same exact character, if you get what I mean. This Niles Colder is like a very, you can see that he cares, but he's a very, he's a very bad guy. At the same time, when the guy in Titans, the dude just looked fucking evil, sounded evil. You knew he was evil, but you didn't get that sense like, oh, he's really doing this to help them. When you get that with the, the newer ones. And the actor did a fantastic job. And, dude, th- there's not really much I dislike about the show. Actually, the one thing I did want to say, though, is this, I, I firmly believe this show is the Guardians of the Galaxy of the DC TV universe. Done set. It's, it's a group of misfits, first off. No one knew who these people were, including me. The, the reason why I started watching the show was because Titans actually got me pretty interested. I enjoyed it. And the cast was awesome. I mean, who doesn't like Matt Bomer and Brandon Frazier along with um, the chick that plays Crazy Jane that's from Orange is the New Black, which is my wife, by the way. God, I'd wife Diane. up in Diane. five seconds. Diane. But like, what? Oh, boy. Oh, this yeah. is James Charles. Oh, yeah, eight. AJ's with us right now. I was going to go towards you, AJ. I was going to go to I was like, who is this number right now? I, you know what? I'm going to gonna start writing it down and be like, who is everyone so that I know who's calling in and it's not some crazy person. But AJ, I well, you. <laughs> <laughs> well, AJ, welcome to our review of Doom Patrol. Would you like to comment on anything that Ryan and I have been talking about for the past 10 minutes? <laughs> Uh, I'd like to um, talk about what a little bit more um, Ryan said about um, Alan Tudyk as Mr. Nobody. You said that you didn't like that he he was um, underutilized in the show. I actually disagree with that. I actually think he was actually used perfectly because of what Tia said when he did the self, um, what is it, um, when he explained why he was like, he wasn't there for like two episodes. I thought every the narration that he's done throughout the um throughout the seasons was beautifully handled. Um, his acting ability was on one. I think he's like one of the best villains out of like any DC show, movie, any any of that. I feel like that um, Alan Tudyk's portrayal as Mr. Nobody is like really flushed out even though 
even though it's like portrayed as he's a one note character. So I actually like the way um they used Alan Tudyk as as Mr. Nobody. I like loved that episode where uh where they went to Panama, was it? <laughs> and oh yeah, that was like the third was, episode. Oh, oh my god, and they're doing like the puppet uh thing oh, and you yeah. talk about the Mr. <laughs> Nobody and then the guy who ended up being what was it, a uh, animal vegetable mineral man, he was like, I want the Mr. Nobody and it's like, What? Like, what am I watching right now? Um, it was just so hilarious that entire like episode. Um so I it's like I agree with both of you guys. We certainly didn't get say maybe a lot of screen time with Alan Tudyk as Mr. Nobody, but his presence was always sort of there. Everyone was kind of like speaking about him constantly and he popped up here and there. I love the episode where uh, Mr. Nobody and Niles had to work together in order to uh, stop the, the creator, which again, just like completely and utterly ridiculous, the whole concept of, the decreator and then the recreator, which I have to say really quick, I absolutely love that one scene when Dr. Harrison is telling them like, you know, what to do when the recreator comes and she's like, just dance, dance as if there's a giant eye <laughs> in the sky. And all of a sudden, like, I think it was like ring my bell started freaking playing. And I was like, I, I need to like rewatch this show over and over again because it's so effing weird. But, um, yeah, I absolutely loved it. Uh, Before we go into anything else, you know what? Let's start with this question. I'm going to go to you, AJ, first. Out of everyone in the Doom Patrol lineup, who would you say was your favorite character? Crazy Jane, 100%. Um, What is it? Diane Guerrero? Or I I don't know. No, no, no. We don't call her Diane Guerrero. We call her Ryan's waifu. That's what we call it. <laughs> She's what so talented. Say, <laughs> so talented. I, I will marry her. <laughs> okay, she, she, she's amazing. <laughs> you guys uh, down yeah. me. You guys big down me. The way she portrays like mo- uh, multiple personalities is, I feel like, is even on par with um, um. Oh God, who who played um? What's the name in Split? I can't oh, remember James his name. Yes, yeah, I just feel like that she's AJ, on par with We were yes. talking all about him on Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Uh, <laughs> I'm like, I'm so unprepared right now. I just called in because I knew you guys were doing a Doom Patrol review. I was like, okay, let me call in. But anyway. No, and. And I'm flattered because I didn't think that you were going to make it. And then all of a sudden I see a weird number calling, and I was like, I'm not going to let that person in right now. <laughs> we were yeah. afraid it was doing Mr. Nobody. Diane Guerrero did such a fabulous job in that role. I have to say that I didn't know that she could act like that. The only thing I've She's ever incredible. seen her in, was, mm-hmm. the only thing I ever saw her in was Orange and New Black. And not saying that she was bad, but she was playing essentially – a kind of one-dimensional character for a few seasons there. So I really didn't think that she had that sort of acting capability, but holy shit, completely blew me she's, away. She's also in Justice League versus Fatal Five that just came out in DC Universe, too. Yeah. She um, she played the Green Lantern. Jessica Cruz, I think. 
That's her name. Oh, yeah, nice. yeah, she played the Jessica yeah. Cruz character. Nice, nice. I'll comment about uh, Crazy Dan in one second. But Ryan, what uh, if you can pick one? Who is your favorite character? I know you're gonna agree with me on this. Yeah, but easily Clip Steel Robot Man. Yeah. Fucking amazing character, dude. First off, it's Brandon Fraser. We we just spoke about this. Who doesn't like Brandon Fraser? And the, his line delivery, dude, I actually felt for a guy in a robot suit. That's how well mm-hmm. it was. And the, it really helped that they did a lot of, like, um, physical characters with Clip Steel himself, a lot more than I thought. Like, the whole Jane episode in Jane's mind was his physical form. And I can't say how much that made me connect to him and Jane's mm-hmm. character the most, along with their relationship. It was crazy. So I think they did a perfect balance of showing the machine and human side of him. And I wish they kind of, like, pursued the daughter thing a little bit more. But they left it open-ended for season two, which I'm perfectly fine with now that we know that we're getting a season two. And it just shows me that, dude, there's so much more dimension to this character, especially after finding out that the man he's trusted for decades is the reason why he's like this. So... Yeah. Uh, I will say that I did wish that there was more of a connection between him and his daughter once he finally, like, saw her in person. But as you said, we're getting a season two, so that's something that they can completely, uh, uh, you know, explore. And, oh, I guess I should have probably said that there's going to be spoilers in this. So, anyway, I'm going to say really quick, uh, you know, and we'll we'll get to this more a little later, but in this season finale when Niles kind of says, oh, you know, protect my daughter, blah, blah. And Cliff goes, can you get a time machine so I can get the 30 years back that I missed with my daughter? So it's like his daughter is always on his mind. And I love that, like, AJ picked Crazy Jane and we picked Cliff Steele because that's honestly my choice right now because the two of them go hand in hand. Their relationship, it was one of the best things about this show. Uh, just yeah. like seeing how, you know, obviously uh, Jane always kept Cliff kind of at a distance because of trauma that has happened to her, happened to Kay, and all that, but still also letting him in at the same time. We saw in that episode when Cliff was in her mind and uh, the character Daddy was going to essentially kill and destroy Cliff, and she was like, no, not him. So we obviously see that Jane does very much care for him. Their bond was so amazing. And even I I look towards uh, my boyfriend during, like, and he and he doesn't even watch this show, so he probably doesn't even know half of the stuff that was going on, but I turned to him when Cliff got the food, because at first I was confused. I'm like, what is Cliff getting food for in this season finale? And I'm like, oh my god, he's getting it for Jane. Like, that just warmed my heart. I love it so much. But yeah, their relationship is one of the highlights of this series. Uh, But honestly, they all did well. You know who I really started uh, appreciating as the season went on? Uh, Cyborg. 100% Cyborg. Uh, The actor did a really amazing job. And as that whole storyline unraveled, we just saw so much and I have to ask you guys a question, again, I'll go to individual 
But Ryan, I'll start with you first. Do you think that Cyborg's father had genuine good intentions for him or kind of these very questionable intentions for his son? Honestly, I think he had every every best intention for his son because if you don't know, Silas Stone is a good character. His life revolves about around Victor in comics, in the movies, in the show, in the show. So in general, he does care about his father. But with, what I like about the show is they really made you question it because throughout yeah. the season you get this feeling like you feel like he's fucking with him a little bit. He's trying to control him. Yada yada. yada. Right after the scene where he almost beats his father to a pulp is really when you get the, the the more broader idea of their relationship. You see that he tried everything. You never knew that he carried the burden of whether to save his son or his wife on the table. And that came at the cost of at saving his son, he turned him into a monster almost. And that was his biggest fear. And I feel like what they might not have explained was, he built in a failsafe just in case that ever happens. If you guys know yeah. what I mean. Because you, you get like, oh, the, the system's taking over. Maybe, maybe he purposely built it like that and not saying it as a failsafe just in case his son wasn't a son when he came back. And I, I really enjoy, really like the fact that he kind of forged the tape of the accident and showing that, telling him that his mom did die is the accident when she really didn't. She, they both survived, but it was one or the other. And that really implemented their relationship, and it, re- it really showed me that he gives so much of his shit about his son and Cyborg. He cares to the point where he took the risk of not getting his son back by getting him back at the same time. He gave him all these abilities to, to be something more than what he could have been or would have been at the same time. But he also took the chance that if he if he gave him all these advancements, like a bionic arm, uh, can search the web through his eye and shit like that in his brain, he might not be the same person as he was before the accident. Yeah. And I certainly was questioning it throughout the entire series. I didn't know. There were so many points where I was like, okay, uh, he does have good intentions for his son. Maybe he's just still obviously carrying a little bit of blame for his son for his wife's death. And then there were other times where I was like, no, he has like really bad intentions, especially that uh, episode when Cyborg uh, was captured in the ant farm. So this show did a fantastic job of ping-ponging that stuff back and forth for me. So AJ, I'm going to go to you with the same question. You know, were you, questioning throughout the uh, series if Silas really did have uh, good intentions for his son. Yeah, I, as an overall, the overall story aspect, I believe that um, Silas did have good intentions. Like, I like, like, the beginning of the season, like, the first half of the season, we get um, Victor's perspective, and then at the end of the season, we get Right near the end of the series, we get um, Silas' uh, perspective on the situation. Like for um, Victor, um, he actually reminds me a little bit of myself and probably everybody else relates to this, but he's more of like the person that wants to go against the parent and wants to run away and 
all that because he thinks that um, he knows that he's still um, the um, Silas still loves him, but he feels like that he knows best. And after that, um, when um, Mister Nobody um, went um, just playing with his mind, deceiving him, um, making him go against his father, you can feel like you can understand that um, Victor didn't have like the whole picture. He only he only knew like aspects of what um really happened while Silas knew what truly happened and near the end of the season we get like Silas had a choice between Victor and Victor's mother and and Silas knew that he was going to be looked at in the bad light by his son even though he did know that he chose his son to to um to um, stay alive rather than his wife. And you can tell that that was a tough decision for him. So um, like um, at the end, at the beginning, you can see like Victor thought that Silas was uh, was being portrayed or Victor was being portrayed by his father, Silas. But in the whole truth of the matter, Silas did what's best for his son, like any, like any other parent, any, any good parent would do. They they will make their child not like them for a little bit, even though they have like the best intentions for their child and all of that. So overall, I think Silas had the best intentions in a way. I feel like it was the best uh, course of action for him. And Victor showing act and um, what's his name? Javon Wade. I don't know. Yeah, Jovian Wade. Yeah. Jovian Wade. Yeah. The way that scene, when he realized that he made the biggest mistake of his life, literally brought tears to my eyes because you can tell that oh. he was hurt. And oh, <laughs> I'm getting chills right now. But that no, scene, yeah, it was such bargain. an emotional scene. Yeah, oh, and it was <laughs> that was like <laughs> one of the emotional emotional scenes out the whole series. And this is why yeah. I want him to be in like other roles from now on. He, I've never even heard of this actor prior to Doom Patrol, but I think that he certainly has great acting chops when there's that little moment where I think he's supposed to be playing Mr. Nobody. Holy shit, the transformation <laughs> just on his, like, face. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was like, wow, like, this guy is so good. Uh, he definitely, it, it makes you definitely look past the kind of like bad uh like if I have to say one tip right that I have about the show is that it so isn't convincing that that stuff is supposed to be part of him it just kind of looks like he's wearing like a vest um and then put like something on his head so if I have to say that's like the one thing that's like a little but you know it's it's a, a DC Universe TV show it's not gonna have the best budget but uh you know it shows that he's not just this character who uh, is just one type of person. He can play other roles. So I thought that was brilliant. He certainly was a standout for me in the series. I really liked him. And uh, an underrated, I think, relationship is the one that was between Cyborg and Rita. Because I think that they 
really uh, bounced off each other well and kind of uh, gave each other the pep talk that the both of them needed. So I really like that. But I want to say that that's something that really pisses me off. Okay. Um, the DC Universe, like the shows, can give us a team that's well-developed and one of the best interactions within, like, any medium, like TV show movies ever. But for the movies, <laughs> it, it's Oh, all, I know. Yeah. You know what it, I find it, hilarious? They, they have the same CGI as they do in the movies. Am I the only one who knows that? The CGI is just as bad as it is in the movies. I only give it more credit because it's a TV show, lower production, but that makes it worse for the movies, in my opinion. But that's just me. Yeah. That's just me. Well, I think that it's like, for at least Doom Patrol, like, Titans really did have some really bad CGI. But for Titans, I think it almost worked but because, again, it's a lot it's of like, practical, too. Yeah. It was Doom Patrol. It's but we're not going like, to we're not going to talk about Starfire. That, that's that's it though. We're not going to talk about Starfire. <laughs> no, we'll have a bigger budget season two. We probably will. But uh, all right. So moving right along, I just wanted to ask. Um, so what were one of your guys like favorite kind of like side storylines? Obviously, the blanket one is the Mister Nobody, but. Choosing between the decreator, uh, the um, the bureau of normalcy, and all that. Like, what uh, did you find? Like, what storyline did you want to see more develop that you liked really well? So, AJ, I'll start with you. I like the um, the episode with the bureau of normalcy and um, Danny, where yeah. Um, I forgot what it was. was. it a transgender? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, no, no, yeah. I think it was queer. It was queer. It was queer. It was gender Wait, queer. Wait, which are we talking about? Danny. Danny or, or the Danny. Yeah, Danny. Yeah. Danny was gender queer. Gender queer. No, yeah. I'm talking, I know Danny was gender queer. I'm talking about the person that, like, moved so, from the um, Bureau oh, of Normalcy to Danny. No, I not think... transgender. Um,. Um, he was a drag queen. It's really weird when it comes out. Yeah, yeah. But it, there we go. Yeah. He was a drag yeah. queen. I, I really, I drag really like that. I really like that scene when the boss of the bureau or whatever his name, I don't remember his name, is, went up into Danny and the guy, I don't know the character's name, but the guy um, went up to him. I forgot the, di- um, the dialogue exactly, but he said... He said something along the lines of, like, I can be who I want to be, and you can't do nothing about it. You'll just have to accept it. I feel like that was literally one of the best lines out of, like, the whole series because most people now don't can't accept what really is. They just want to believe what they want to believe, and I feel like that's just pure ignorance, and that episode, like, accepts all of that, and I really love that episode. Well, I really, like, uh, and by the way, I forget what the agent's actual name is, but his drag name was Morally Corrupt, which I thought was brilliant. Uh, And that was such a great scene where the drag queen is just kind of like, this is who I am. 
and you can't make me feel ashamed for being this person. I really like that. Mm. In general, Doom Patrol did such an amazing job of positive representation of the LBGT community, just with even the storyline of Larry and kind of dealing with him, accepting himself, and uh, the flashbacks with his uh, lover, I think his name was John, Uh, but, you know, and then him... And then every time, like, the negative spirit kept wanting him to go back and him telling him, like, you know, look at the context of the times. It was the 60s. Like, you're trying to tell me I should be accepting myself, but, you know, look what I had to go through and shit like that. People were getting killed for being gay. And then I even loved, like, Cliff, as much as I loved him, was sometimes so stupid because when they were having like this, when they're having a therapy session, Larry goes to like say something. He's like, "You're gay. It's okay. We love you for it." It's like, Cliff, sit down. This wasn't the moment. But you know, good to at least see that you know everyone was accepting of it. So yeah, I did love uh, everything Danny the Street. I really liked how they kind of really made it convincing that this was a character. Because you could have just been like, it's a street. What are you talking about? But you really were convinced that this was an external character. And, uh, yeah, that was a great scene, uh, a fantastic kind of, like, little subplot in the first season of Doom Patrol. Ryan, what kind of was, like, your standout, like, side storyline? So the side storyline which is, I wouldn't say more of an episode, but more throughout the whole season, was the relationship between Larry and the negative force within Mm -hmm. him. I thought it was, dude, I felt for the fucking negative force, first of all, more than I kind of felt for Danny in the street. Going along, Danny in the street was awesome, but they just gave more time to develop the relationship between Larry and the negative force. Because in the beginning, you have this, this hate relationship between the two of them. You can see the negative force can just does whatever he wants because they're not on the same terms. They're not nice to each other. They don't like being with each other. But in order for both of them to live and survive, they have to be joined together. So it's kind of a, of a need more than a, a want in this situation. And throughout the season, through conversations with Cliff and him living in a robot body, him accepting that, he really figures out that he has to embrace and accept the force within him and help live a conjoined life together. And what really topped it off for me was how the, the, the negative force kept putting him in the same dream with John in this gene sequence because he wasn't accepting himself. Even in 2019, he still never accepted himself because of the time he, he was actually, like, physically with a man in, which was the 60s, and he still never got over that. And throughout the season, no one really understood till like, the very end is the, the force was just trying to get him to accept himself for him to finally have this relief off his shoulders. And what really, like, sparked out for me is when Larry went to go visit John at his, uh, his deathbed, pretty much. Yeah. That was, the, that was the, such the, a beautiful the, scene. The very last moment when he, they were sitting on the porch and he kind of fell asleep. I thought he died for a second. And then when he checked to see if he was breathing, he, he was still alive. And he just said, goodbye, old friend. He didn't even say, goodbye, my love. He said, old friend. And that's him accepting and embracing his past and letting it go. That was their version of, of him closing that chapter of his life 
and opening the new one of the Doom Patrol team. And you can see when you get to the season finale, they're testing how long they can be away from each other now without being connected. And they got to like 20 seconds, which isn't really anything, but it shows you that it's making progress because in the beginning of the season, as soon as he left his body, he was just going conscious. Now they're learning to live separately because of this idea that they both share and that they both have an understanding of where they come from. And I thought that was so brilliantly brilliantly done throughout the show that it was just awesome. I loved it. I loved seeing Larry. And again, the characters that are not physically there, like the actors that voice them, fucking Matt Bomer and and Brandon Fraser. I honestly I feel like their their characters other than Crazy Jane are the strongest characters. And it's kinda of crazy because you don't see them most of the time. It just goes to show you how well of a, of a performance they give through voice work. Honestly. Yeah, and I uh, originally like I did know that uh Robot Man was by a different uh person when he's the robot robot as opposed to it's when Riley uh, Shanahan is what his yeah, place calls. Yeah. But I but I had no idea at first that negative man that Larry wasn't Matt Bomer underneath those bandages. I was like, why not? You never knew that? The bandage? Well, not at first. Like in like the first episode afterwards, then I like looked up. I was like, oh okay, uh, because they had a different guy play him in Titans. The dude was like much bigger. But I was like, Matt Bomer can't be yeah. underneath all those bandages. I guess they're like, don't hide his pretty face. Um, but uh, yeah. I absolutely love, love, loved that episode with Larry finally speaking to John as John is older. And, you know, what's really nice is you find out, I think, that John had a good life, that John, had, you know, moved on and got with someone else and had a really nice life of his own. So I think that that was really important for them to kind of point out. But yeah, I I love the whole uh, Larry's uh you know, how it came to be that him and the negative spirit are now on better terms because we saw, what was it, the second or third episode that the negative spirit essentially tried to kill him multiple times, putting him up on a beam, uh, destroying the engine of the bus. So, yeah, that was that was really great, that whole storyline. I just love, like, all of them. Like, I know that we really haven't spoken about Rita, um, which I guess we can all kind of argue here that was most likely the quote-unquote weakest character out of all of them. I, and if yeah. I have to say, I guess, another tip, and I hope that they start, tell me, guys, that when she was confronting the giant rat in the final episode, you didn't think that she was finally going to utilize her powers and become, like, super big. Because we only really saw her Honestly. control it once. Honestly, ahead, I forgot she had the powers. Honestly, I forgot she had the powers. And I, well, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that because I was about to say the same thing. Is they show they show the character progression of her emotions is what controls her from like blobbing out, and as she controls the feelings, she can keep herself tight and like really use it to her effect. But like the second half of the season, they just completely like almost forgot about it. I was waiting for this big moment for her to use them, like punch someone across the room with her arm, 
but they never really found a way to utilize her like that. I found I found her to be more of like a a compass type character, like the character, like you said, um, Cyborg Victor came to her to talk to her about problems, and she helped guide him. She spoke to Larry. She helped guide him. She spoke to all the characters, and she helped guide them. And I found her more of a compass character, more so than an actual quote unquote hero, if you want to say. Well, I, I'll I'll disagree with that because, and like real life, some people will try to fix other people's problems instead of their own. So she's more focused on her friends and herself. So while she is a little bit developed in season one, more of her character development, I feel like, will be during season two. So and I and I only you know, say this because. In this, in the episode with uh, Mark Shepard, where he was, who was he playing? I'm, I forget the guy's name. The drunk dude who like helped them survive the apocalypse. What was his freaking oh, name? Oh, the guy from Supernatural. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, his name. I, I forgot, forgot his name. But, yeah. but when he wanted to kill the young boy, Rita's arm finally stretched out and pinned him up against the wall. And I was like, great, like, Rita's finally uh, getting in touch with her powers. We're going to see this develop more. We never really saw it develop. So, AJ, um, and I guess I kind of got your answer, but I'm going to ask uh, again. Do you Were you disappointed to not see her powers so much developed, or are you okay with it because you know that they're probably, hopefully, going to work towards that in Season 2? Uh she wasn't really a disappointment, but she was the weakest link because everybody else was nearly perfect. Um, I would say that scene where you said that she looks like that she's controlling her powers. Um, I feel like that at that point in time, she was in grip with her. She was like in tune with herself. She accepted herself. But as y'all know, emotions really don't work as well don't really work as well as you want them to. You have different types of emotions. So, like, she she knows how to use her powers, but, like, in different situations, her emotions go out of whack and her powers are uncontrollable. So I, I was fine with her in season one. I just I really hope that they develop her more in season two. That way I can have, like, a have a full grasp on her character. And many of the other characters have need time to develop more as well. So I won't say it's like really a negative, more like, I guess, a, a mess. Well, you know, and it, it and I do understand that season one was all about, say, like Rita and Larry really getting a hold of their abilities and accepting themselves because they're the two that have been there the longest. They have both uh, dark secrets and uh, come from a time where certain things were frowned upon that they are still trying to uh, accept and reconcile over. I did like at some point how she almost became like the mother hen of the Doom Patrol because uh, her and Larry always had this relationship and this agreement where they said that they were the ones who didn't do anything. But then even you see towards the end, Rita's the one who's kind of like telling Larry, like, all right, let's let's go do this. Let's go be heroes. So I did really appreciate that. I just really liked uh, kind of all of them. They just all had such 
great chemistry with each other. Uh, so obviously those were the main uh, characters, but we had a lot of really awesome side characters in season one of Doom Patrol. And I'm going to start this off, but before I ask either of you, I just loved uh, Flex Mentalo. I thought he was so funny. Um, the whole, like, ridiculousness that this guy's just walking around shirtless. And he's kind of, like, almost like an adorable caveman in a way. But still, even, like, let me talk about for a sec how uh, you have this character who should be ridiculous and is, in many senses, kind of ridiculous. Uh, he can literally control things by flexing his muscles. But they still manage to give him this really heartbreaking and heartwarming story with his wife and how utterly in love they were with each other and how when she recognized him and he recognized her, it was instant. And then they take her away and you just feel so overly like sad for Flex. Again, a character that you meet like in one episode, which I wish they wouldn't have introduced him so close to the end of the series because I would have loved to see more and I hope that we do get to see more in season two because he was certainly my favorite uh, side character in the show. Um, AJ, who would you say, if you want to comment on Flex, you can comment on Flex and if you also want to say who maybe your favorite side character in the show was. I just... <laughs> I just want to say that um, Flex was one of the most <laughs> one of the most funniest characters of any TV show I've ever seen. The episode where he flexes, I think Ryan already talked about this, but the episode when he flexes and everybody literally had an orgasm, including Danny, <laughs> at the same time, it had me dying. But, he was so apologetic afterwards too. He was, he, like, he was so like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Okay, now focus. And, and then um, Crazy James like, no, you focus. He was like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really, Dave I really was ready to kill him. him. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, but we didn't mention um, Niles. We didn't um, talk about really much about Niles, but I feel like he he might be the most underrated character in the whole show. I liked how he brought it, brought the team. He had his secrets, which that final episode, well, was it the fun? It was either the last um last episode or the second to last episode when he lot. told everybody his darkest secret. You can tell in his emotions that he was regretful about it, but he 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 wanted to do it for a certain. I, can we spoil? Yeah, we can spoil it for his daughter. Yeah. Um, so I think Niles might be one of the underrated characters, and not many people will talk about him as much as the main, the main um characters. Yeah, and I certainly have questions about him uh, that we'll revisit in just a second. But the actor, who is it? I'm so glad I should have done so Timothy much more Dalton. research because okay amazing job as this actor, as this character. I'm really happy, and I think we spoke about this earlier, that they got a different guy to play Niles than they got in uh, Titans because I don't think that that actor in Titans would have been able to convey half of the stuff that uh, Timothy was able to convey with Niles in this one. I mean, he really 
drove it home with being uh, he could convey that he was caring and charming, but also angry and distraught and selfish at times um, and regretful. So he was able to really convey a lot. And like Mr. Nobody, even though the chief maybe wasn't in all the episodes, he was always there because either their mission was to always find the chief or they were all just kind of uh, going with what maybe the chief had taught them throughout the years. So, yeah, definitely uh, Niles uh, for someone who, and I guess we could potentially call him a side character because he really wasn't in it a whole lot. So, yeah, absolutely fantastic job uh, by Timothy or Niles, uh, Ryan, do you have a specific side character that you can consider, like, your favorite? Honestly, Silas Stone is my favorite favorite side character. Um, like, I, like when you said, Roman, you really, oh, fuck, when you were asking us whether we thought he actually cared about uh, Victor, I thought the actor did a fantastic job, first of all. And I really like how they started incorporating him more towards the second half of the season than they did in the first half. And in the second half, when they really go into the deep dive between him and the Chief's past, Mm. you really notice that the Chief had a lot of influence on the creation of Cyborg, more so than what we originally thought. And you saw in his eyes when they were talking about that, he was never really sure. He was always thinking that maybe he should be the true father and let his son die rather than become a monster, almost because some guy wants him as, an, as a science experiment. Yet he still did it. And you see throughout the season in present day that he, he's trying to do whatever he can to keep him in, his, in arm's reach and make sure that he doesn't go off and do these crazy things that the chief wants him to do. And you really see this broken father-son relationship that happened because of an accident over the the kid's reaction to whatever him and his mom were fighting about again. I forgot. And you I think it was about being grounded. Yeah, it was, some, it was something really stupid that caused it. And you see how he goes from a really good, happy uh father, mother, son relationship to a broken father and son relationship that was never fixed until the season of Doom Patrol. And you you can tell in his eyes that he's always trying to do what's in his best interest, but he's treading on safe water at the same time and trying to make sure he doesn't make things worse than they already are, which makes them worse at the same time. So it's almost a damned if you do, damned if you don't. And the way the actor who portrayed Silas was acting and portrayed the character, I thought was fantastic. Him and Jovi and Wade had really good chemistry. You really mm-hmm. felt like they were, they were a father and son going through these real-life issues and trying to figure them out together. And I can't wait to see what he – I hope he gets a bigger role in Season 2 because, honestly, I think they're going to keep Cyborg in Season 2 and then bring him over to Season 3 times rather than the season. But that's another conversation for another day. So I hope we see more of Silas in season two. Yeah, he's the two actors did a fantastic job in conveying a real relationship. And I, from 
everything you're saying, it made me realize that a really big common theme in uh, season one of Doom Patrol was the theme of fathers. You had, obviously, the really big uh, theme of Cyborg and his father, Silas. Niles kind of essentially being a a pseudo-father to the Doom Patrol. I think they even say at some point, like, oh, daddy's home or something like that. Uh, You have Cliff still essentially sitting there uh, wanting to have a relationship with his daughter, being regretful that he lost so much time with his daughter. Larry was a father and kind of acknowledging that they were, you know, and this if he's like, you know, um, but saying that they would be better off without him. And then obviously the big, big one is the clear uh, insinuation that uh, Jane or Kay's uh, father did some truly horrific things to her, which is why all these split personalities popped up in the first place. So, yeah, definitely they just really drove it home with the father relationship with everyone and Cyborg and Silas. And, again, they just did a fantastic job ping-ponging between does he have evil intentions, does he not have evil intentions, because Cyborg thought that. You know, he thought that his father literally put something in him and it was making him, like, more robotic. And you could feel the panic that Cyborg was feeling the entire season and that entire episode. Uh, Quick question, and this is just more of a silly one, but do you guys kind of wish that Silas was able to work on Robot Man and make him a little bit more freaking advanced? Because... (laughs) <laughs> the you robot would man design. You would think. And he even says, he was like, you know, uh, he came to me for suggestions and, you know, I could have made you so much better. And I'm like, well, why don't you make him a better body? <laughs> because yeah, the man, poor guy literally can't even feel anything. Brain. You can just transfer him. But Yeah, it's, it's not going to, like, make any difference. I mean, I, you could probably put, like, sensors in him so he could actually like feel something because that was the big thing that Cliff kept saying. He was like, I can't even feel anything. I'm like, Man, Maybe they will. Maybe they will in season two. <laughs> you, yeah, you never know. I have so much expectations for season two. But uh, uh, AJ, you mentioned Niles before. So as you guys know, I'm really not a comic book reader. I don't know if you guys read the Doom Patrol comics because nope. apparently this, <laughs> so apparently this is a uh, comic book accurate that Niles did uh, you know pretty much cause every bad thing that happened within the Doom Patrol. So were you guys uh, shocked that that was something that came out? So uh, you know so actually before I get any further here, we finally have Juwan on air. Welcome, Juwan. Hey. What's Wait, going on? Wait, can I on? make a joke real quick? Can I make a joke real quick? All I got to ask you, Tia, you want to dance with me tonight? Oh. <laughs> I, call, I call Juwan Juwani one sometimes, and he really doesn't want to do uh, but, John, thank you so much for joining us. I know that you were having some technical difficulties, which I was having that earlier in the day, too. So it's just one of those days. Definitely just one of those days. Ugh. But I'm ready uh, to talk Doom Patrol. 
Awesome. We covered a lot of ground so far, but I am going to kind of, before we go full circle, because I do want to ask you these questions, I was really excited to uh, do so. So, uh, first of all, Juan, who is your favorite character in Doom Patrol? Um, I know this might sound kind of corny. I don't really have uh, it's my feeder to the fire, and I had to pick one to the heart. Um, to me, because the reason why I don't really have one is the heart, the heart and soul of the show kind of felt different per episode. Like it kind of felt like it was it was Cliff for a while, then it was Crazy Jane, then Rita kind of grew into her own as being a leader. Um, it just it, it and then Cyborg comes along. Um, but Rita. Definitely, I would say, was a standout to me. I guess I can then attribute that to being my favorite. Her journey. Which is... Uh, say it again? Which is so funny, because I think we were kind of just saying a few minutes ago that Rita felt like the weakest character for us, so I am very interested oh. to hear um, your assessment on her. Oh, yeah, definitely. I felt like she was super strong. Um, we, we have to remember these are a group of people who do not, well, outside of Cyborg, um, who do not want to be heroes. They don't want to be what they are at all. Um, and we know Rita had a very tough life um, beforehand. We saw the, uh, the sexual harassment that she went through for a role um, that in turn, you know, led to her killing the, the guy by accident. Um, we also saw that she got a bad rep of being, um, you know, typical spoiled actors. Um, you know, people not liking her. I did her You're cutting. not want Hello? You're cutting in a little, Juan. Sorry, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, she just grew into trying to be the best possible uh, version of herself that she could, and it took a long time for her to get over um, a lot of her, uh, you know, miscomings, um, but she finally did, and, and I felt like it ended with um, her growing into being okay with who she is, what she is, um, and I kind of feel like she's going to come on very strong um, in season two, but I definitely thought there were so many layers of, of Rita uh, that were peeled back. Um, before she blossomed into who we saw her become. And that was one of the things I appreciated most about her. The the person that I say I definitely didn't really truly enjoy, um, which is a shocker because I love Matt Boomer, um, is his character. I just I never could really grasp. Um, and I don't want to say care about his character, but I, it, it didn't really strike me as much as everyone else did. Um, he's definitely super whiny, super annoying. Um, and and it, it, again, if it wasn't for Rita, a lot of the stuff that he ended up doing, he wouldn't have done. Um, so Rita kind of forced him to do it. So that character, I'd say I feel about the same way seemingly you guys feel about Rita. That is See, actually I, – sorry, go ahead, Asia. I I feel like I have, like, the same – assessment that you have for Rita but for um, Matt I I think that part of Rita's journey is to make Matt a better person um, more into heroic even though her herself wants nothing to do with the team at first 
that she grows, like you said, she has a well-developed storyline throughout the whole series. But because of Rita, Matt also had, like, a well-developed storyline as well. So I feel like each of the characters all develop because of another character, and they grow together. That's why I feel like this is, like, one of the best team um, team series. They have the chemistry all together, and they grow on each other. So I'm not say, I'm not saying that you're wrong, but I feel like part of the part of the whole series is for them to learn from each other and grow. Because you have like Cliff, and then you have Crazy Jane. You have Cliff um, um, trying to better Jane, and the other the vice versa. And then you have uh, Rita. You have her helping Vic, and you have Vic helping Rita. And it, they all grow on each other, so I feel like that was actually part of the charm of the series. I felt like. Yeah, and it's like, so, Juwan, uh AJ was pointing, because I was saying that one of the things about Rita is that I was a little disappointed that we didn't get to see her fully develop her abilities. We saw it a little when she was fighting up against the. Uh, oh, and maybe you know, John, who is the guy that Mark Shepard played uh, in the whole like uh, the creator recreator story arc, the drunken wizard dude. Oh, I think maybe Agent. we lost John. No, 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 I'm here. I thought AJ was was about to say something. I didn't want to cut him off. No, you're oh, good. No. Can you hear me? <laughs> oh, okay. Um, say it one more time, the, the recreator and decreator, the, the drunk guy, he, he seemingly, um, I believe if I remember this correctly, I, I think in the comics, he either had a monkey or there was a monkey that, that had some of the, the abilities that he has. Um, he was definitely like a version of, um, a Constantine, um, I can't remember exactly who he was in the comics, but one, one thing I can say, this show had so many amazing callbacks um, to so many deep-cut characters, um, mainly villains. Um, but that guy specifically, I, I feel like it was a chimp with, like, a, a magnifying glass and, like, a Sherlock Holmes hat. Like, that's what I'm picturing. But I could be completely wrong. Um, I don't know where I'm remembering that, that monkey from. <laughs> like, God bless me. But, um, no, I... I Umbrella Academy? <laughs> No, 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 no. It was like there's an actual, I think in DC, an actual monkey with like a magnifying glass, a Sherlock Holmes hat, and, and like trench coat. Um, and I believe he had, had like, I know he's like talking the, about. He's in um, Justice League Dark. He re- recently you, yes. just had a comic book out. Yes, yes, yes. That's who I'm thinking of. And like this guy, I don't specifically remember, but I remember that monkey being seemingly like close to what his character was. And I'm not remembering if they made him, like if they changed anything to make him human or if in the comics they changed it to make him a monkey. I don't know. But I've definitely seen someone with that skill set. Um, and no, not Constantine, but like a character kind of like him. Um, exactly who he's yes. supposed to be. Yeah. You his know, name was Detective I'm, Chimp. That's what I'm it was. looking it up. Detective it's, it's, Chimp. There we go. Yeah. So the guy that Mark Shepard was playing was Willoughby Kipling. 
if anyone remembers who that was. Okay, all right. Give me give me a few seconds. I I, I remember that name. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> but c- continue, continue. I'll I'll let you know when it when it triggers something. But uh, I've definitely heard that name before. All right. So my whole like point was uh, with Rita when Willoughby was trying to kill the young kid who has like the writings on him. And she finally kind of extended her arm and pinned him up against the wall. And we saw that. And that was like a moment where it's like, yes, Rita's finally uh, taking control of her abilities. And then throughout the rest of the season, we just still kind of saw the same thing with her just trying to make sure she didn't blob out. So uh, my question was, like, were you disappointed that we didn't really get to see any full abilities, like I thought in that one scene with her against the giant rat, she was going to suddenly become big, and it was going to be one of those moments, but AJ did point out, he was like, well, that's probably just something that they're going to do in season two, so were you disappointed by that, Juwan, or are you kind of like with AJ, where you're like, that's just going to happen in season two? Um, No, Uh, and mainly why I'm not disappointed is what I find from DC shows is that um, they're all about the buildup. If anyone watches the CW shows, it seems like it takes forever um, for for Oliver to learn something. It takes forever for Barry, the Legends, um, Black Lightning. So it's just one of those things where it's like if you are waiting for her to truly become who she is in the comics, I can guarantee you season two from the rip she'll be um, everything we remember from the comics. Uh, and they'll just uh, chop, chalk it up to, like, between the ending of season one and the beginning of season two, they've done nothing but train so they can become better with their abilities. Um, so I strongly believe that's kind of where they're going. Um, no, I wasn't really disappointed at all because for the entirety of the season, everyone spent time moping and not wanting to use their abilities. Um so it was one of those things where it was kind of like no one really truly embraced, like, the extent of what they could do. Um, and I kind of feel like season two is going to explore that uh, to where you see Rita doing a whole bunch of really cool things. I think the extent of her using her powers to where she could control it was when they went to the facility. And I think she was inside Cliff's mouth. Um, yeah. And she kind of melted out. So, like, we've seen her be able to use her powers. Um, and not completely be, like, dis- discombobulated. But, like, um, that was a good example there. So I think they're just building to something super cool um, for season two. But I do have, for the guy we were trying to figure out, um, apparently, <clears throat> excuse me, Grant Morrison, when he did his run of Doom Patrol, was not allowed to use Constantine, um, a fear of spoiling the realism of the character. So in turn, he created someone quite like John Constantine and Willoughby uh, Kipling. Um, so that's why he seems just like Constantine. Uh, Willoughby is a uh, reoccurring character from the Doom Patrol comics, um, which, again, just really quickly, huge shout out to the show because Doom Patrol was like family guy. It's been like shut down like eight different times. Uh, before it kind of got its its good run, um, that in turn turned into this this TV show. But uh, but yeah, Willoughby is a character from the Doom Patrol, um, and it seems as though Grant Morrison couldn't use John Constantine, so found the best way possible to create a different version of John Constantine to fit Doom Patrol. And I really 
listen, I watched the first 10 seasons of Supernatural, so I really liked Mark Shepard. Um, I even went to a convention and saw him speak, so, you know, huge shout-out there. But, uh, yeah, I thought he did a great job as Willoughby, and that kind of leads me into the next question, John, that I want to ask you uh, before we kind of move forward, because, again, super interested in what you have to say. Who would you say uh, is a favorite side character of yours because even though obviously this is the Doom Patrol and we got a lot of the core group, uh, we had some amazing little side characters throughout the season that really helped make it as enjoyable and as weird as it possibly can be. So uh, who would you say is your favorite side character? I'd say the original Doom Patrol. Um, mainly because it gave you everything that you, um, like if you know the original Doom Patrol, it gave you everything. I, I watched that episode with Joel, and he kept like tapping me like, yo, like, do you know who that is? Like, do you know who that is? And I'm like, no, I have no idea, man. And he's like, oh, you're the worst. Um, so it was just fun to see someone who knows the comics enjoy seeing the, as you would call it, the OGs of the Doom Patrol. Um, but the reason why I love them so much is how complex they were um, and how broken they had become. Uh, and for us to see that the new Doom Patrol, who, by the way, I love that they don't call themselves the Doom Patrol. Um, I-, I love seeing how you see Rita had a relationship with one of the characters. Um, you see Niles was married to one of the characters. So they're just all connected. You also see that um, Crazy Jane used to live there. Um, So there's just so many layers that that episode peeled back. Um, And just to see the original Doom Patrol's power set, um, it was just a lot of fun to see it. And it was the first episode where we got a a wink-wink at the uh, Masters of Evil, which if anyone watched the original Teen Titans cartoon, seeing the brain there, um, or the, the machine where the brain would have been inside of was super cool. Um, and I hope they dig deep into uh, that evil society in season two. But, um, yeah, my, my favorite side characters would definitely be the original Doom Patrol. Now, I have to say really quick, uh, really quick the way I read it was that Jane hadn't necessarily lived there they had a room for her just in case Niles thought that maybe she was too unmanageable to send her there because she was certainly uh, confused to know that she had a room there. And then obviously when she sees how many padlocks it has on it, she's distraught over it. So I read it as, you know, she didn't ever know about this place, but Niles obviously had a fail safe in case, Jane and her 64 personalities all with powers just became too much. I'd have to watch it again, but I was pretty sure she had asked him, like, why would he, why would he put me here? Like, I'm not like any of these people. I believe that was what she said to the uh, doctor, but right. I'm 100% wrong. I could be 100% wrong, but I thought she was asking him, like, why would Niles keep me here? I'm not like this. Um, and what I took from that was at some point she was there, maybe not for a long time, um, but she was there at some point. Um, but like I said, I could be completely wrong. So let, let me preface that. I could be remembering horribly wrong. Um, you could be 100% right. But I thought that's what she meant by when she said that. So, 
Yeah, and I guess, like, it could be just up for interpretation. Um, but I do love that you picked the original Doom Patrol as your favorite side characters. It was certainly interesting. They had really cool powers, not for nothing. Mento and the one girl who could, like, do both fire and ice. I thought that was all awesome. Um, for side characters, I said Flex because I love Flex Mentello. Um, AJ, I believe, said Danny, right? AJ, am I remembering this wrong? For a side character? Yeah. Uh, I said Niles. You said Niles, right. And then uh, Ryan said uh, Silas. So, you know, we have like a nice little mixture of side characters here. Uh, among. I just think that they're all great. I can't wait to see uh, who else we're going to see in season two. And it's kind of awesome for me because I have no idea who any of these characters are. So I am, like, walking into this completely fresh um, and just ready to accept all the freaking weirdness. But uh, so I will of... say – oh, I'm sorry. No, no I was just going to say, I will say the thing I was most curious about um, was when um, he had said that he was responsible for making all of them. I immediately began to be curious. Does that count for Beast Boy? Because we know Beast Boy at some point was in the Doom Patrol. Did he create Beast Boy? And if so, could we see Beast Boy make a cameo in Season 2? And maybe that's how we get Beast Boy to bring Cyborg over to the Titans. That's more wishful thinking than anything. But I was curious on, was he responsible for Beast Boy like he was everyone else? That's legit. The Cyborg thing was wishful thinking. Joanna, I hate to break the bad news to you. Gone. They're not connected, man. They're not connected. What's not connected? Uh, I'm so- uh, the Titans and what's them called? And Doom Patrol. I it is connected. Here. I thought we had. No, it is connected. You had Doom to- Patrol in no. Titans. Yeah, you had Doom Patrol in Titans. It was an episode. I Raven know. saw the Doom Patrol. I know, but they've gone on statement and said that they're not connected. They, the writers for Doom Patrol were so focused on making a self-contained show that they didn't want to have the weight of connecting it to another to more shows with it. No, that, that was probably their mindset for season one, but you can't tell me it's not connected when the same people I just saw in Titans were in Doom like the actual season of Doom Patrol. You are connected. You might not have any continuity you plan on showing on your show, cool. Like we might not. Right, I, have a, I have a quote. I have a quote that says they are they are in the same world. Okay, thank you. This says hey, we're hey, asking fans to come to come. This says we're asking fans to come to this version of the show, knowing that it is the same world, same world, but it is a different continuity. While there are elements of Titans in the show introduction of our team, not all character characterizations are the same, and just best to come into it with a fresh look. So it it is connected. It's kind of yeah, so weird if it's connected, though. How they, if you guys remember in the very first episode, the season premiere, they go through how each person got recruited, and Beast Boy was never in there between the points because I know for a fact that Titans takes place in 2018, and this show picked up exactly when it comes out. In 2019. No, I think I think Doom Patrol is before Titans. It's set Doom before Patrol. Titans. Here's, here's Doom Patrol is after Titans. 
if your point is if your point is Doom Patrol gave us no continuity of Titans, I, I understand that. That's them wanting to be their own thing for people to enjoy Doom Patrol just for Doom Patrol. Not Doom Patrol for the idea of it merging with Titans, but it is the same world because Rita met Raven. That means they are in the same universe. You can't meet her if you're not in the same universe. Same as when you watch Black Lightning and he mentions Flash or Supergirl. They're in the same universe. That does not mean you have to see them for them to be in that same continuity. Um, but if you're trying to establish new characters... When did Rita ever mention her? No, well, Rita they, didn't mention her. They they spoke to each other in Titans uh, episode four or five, where Ra- Beast Boy was helping Raven hide out after bringing her in from the woods. Um, they hid at the Doom at the Doom Manor, to where she met si- uh, not Silas. I'm sorry, um, Niles. She met all of the team. She literally met the entire team, well, except for Crazy Jane. I don't think she met Crazy Jane. Um, but no, she met Rita. She met everyone. They made her breakfast. They made her dinner. Like, she interacted with these characters. It's in the same well, universe. Like, whatever timeline give, you're in. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I will give credence to what Ryan is saying only because I could have sworn that I saw the same thing that they were saying that um, at, originally it wasn't connected despite that. But I think it's one of those things where it's like, now it's kind of, yes, they are connected. We're just not concerned so much with the continuity in the two shows. That's all I think it is it's, right now. It's the same logic that Feige's going with with the MCU, that, like, I, I'm doing movies that stand on their own. Like, you're not going to see Black Panther 2. You're not going to see Bucky in it, or you're not going to see any connective tissue for an Avengers movie. Like, it's just going to be Black Panther 2. Um, that's seemingly what they're trying to say. They're trying to say, don't latch us on to something. We are our own thing. But at some point, I can guarantee you, because it'd be dumb not to, we will see a crossover um, where one or maybe two of the characters cross over to Doom Patrol for an episode. You'd be stupid not to. It'd be like having Arrow, Flash, Supergirl, Legends, and Black Lightning and never having a crossover. That's a a moneymaker. You want to cross them over. They're your two biggest franchises. So, yes, they are in the same universe, same continuity. I just think they were saying don't expect to see or hear anything about the Titans in Doom Patrol. Smart. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, so moving on just a little from there, uh, kind of picking back up, let's go into, and I was saying before you hopped on, Juan, that, you know, I'm not a comic book reader. I have no idea about these characters or anything, so – I'm going to start with AJ, and we're going to go through all of you guys. But was it a surprise to find out that Niles was behind all of their tragedies? Uh, Not really, because um, Mr. Nobody kept probing him about his little secret about his daughter and so on and so forth. So I, I figured, like, there's something else to his secret. So when it actually, like, came into fruition, I... I wasn't really that surprised, but it, it was, I don't know if this makes sense, but I wasn't that surprised, but I didn't see it coming in a sense. Yeah. Um, I will say that I was surprised 
Um, I had seen, like, little tidbits here and there, like, of people who were saying that, you know, Niles was abusive and yada, yada. I'm like, yeah, I can see that throughout the series, um, blah, blah, blah. But I really, to me, that just came out of left field. Um, so I was shocked. Ryan, were you surprised at that reveal? Honestly, I was. Honestly, I, I was shocked. So, what AJ was saying before, yeah, you you probably could have figured it out, but I'm too stupid to figure it out, so I was shocked. So, you've got the entire show. You know he's got his secrets. And they, they had, I don't know if anyone else found this kind of weird, but when they did like that, um, Chief-centric episode about him fucking that cave woman. Um, they they didn't really go in depth on like his secrets as much as I thought they would in that episode. Because when when it came to the show, I never like really watched the uh, trailers for the next episode, so every episode was really fresh for me. And when I finally started figuring out that it was like a deep dive into who the chief was, I was kind of disappointed with the show. But that's not the point. I, I I was shocked because the the only hint they gave you was he has dark secrets, and honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna spitball it and say that that can mean anything. Everyone has dark yeah. secrets. Now, n- n- never not everyone has those dark secrets that he has, but we all have dark secrets. And honestly, I would have never guessed that he caused all those accidents because think about it this way. Um, how how the fuck did he cause Rita to fall through the wood and go in and get attacked by whatever that being was in the water? Are you telling me that he hired someone to like chip the wood enough to when to when once she stepped foot on it it would break? Or to the point like yes, yes his first plan to what? Yeah. No, I was agreeing. I was like, yeah, that's. A, oh, I no, thought no, I thought you were to say something. And then they go off and say, yeah, Cliff was supposed to die in that car accident in the race, but he didn't. He he got decapitated by a, a truck. So, but remember, the, the, well, but remember uh, when Now said that he didn't mean it to be on the street where he had his kids and his wife. He wanted the accident to be on the, the racetrack. So yeah, it's yeah. like hinted throughout the throughout the whole show that Niles had a secret about his daughter. Also, that Niles had secrets about with the um, bureau because of um, Silas. Um, it, it 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 all came in together. I didn't exactly know that he was like connected um, to yeah, all those tragedies to the characters, but yeah. And I guess you can say that they kind of really hinted at him doing doing this to all of them in the Doom Patrol episode of Doom Patrol where they showed the original Doom Patrol and they show how he pretty much destroyed their lives almost. So I guess you could say they did do a subtle hint at the secret that none of us really noticed unless you're AJ because you're just a god at getting every single hint in the TV show. <laughs> no, I honestly, like, <laughs> I wouldn't say all that. It seems like a little like they were hinting throughout when you look back on it because obviously to the Doom Patrol, he's 
you know, I want to say, I guess, their savior, but, like, uh, I don't know, the comfort, uh, whatever. But throughout the series, everyone who meets him is saying, like, he's not that great of a person. Willoughby made comments, obviously, Mr. Nobody. Silas is wary of him. So you have these, like, little things. And then especially the Doom Patrol episode was kind of an eye-opener because he really did just kind of abandon them when they got messed up by Mr. Nobody. And you're like, oh, but this is the guy who seemingly is supposed to be the person who's going to be there for them all the time. But then we saw how he just easily threw away these other characters. So I guess when you look back, you can see hints. Ryan, by the way, I have to comment really quick. That episode that he's like with that cave woman the whole time was super fucking weird. I was like, what am I watching Thank right you. now? This is super strange. I, I, and then I'm like, it was kind of in like a bad way to me. I, it actually made me kind of uncomfortable. I don't know why. I, I was a little uncomfortable. And then I'm like, you know, it's his daughter's We never saw, like, the daughter's face, so I guess, I'm guessing that's supposed to mean something uh, in the next season. But anyway, not to get too much on that topic. Uh, Juwan, did you see this, uh, this flip coming? I guess maybe you read the comics, but maybe you did or whatnot. Uh, no, 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 no. Um, I don't even remember if this was uh, used in the comic. This this definitely felt um, as as it a surprise, was. but I, I mean, um, I read it. As, say it again. I'm sorry. I was saying that I read afterwards that this is a uh, common theme, uh, especially in the new like retconned version of DC Comics. Oh, okay. So yeah, I'm, there you go. But I, I will say I didn't see it coming. Um, like, uh, I mean, I, it was one of those things where, like, once he said it, it was like, oh, okay. It wasn't like a jaw dropper uh, for me. Um, but it was like, oh, like I, I didn't think he would have been that horrible. But the thing that I will say is that is interesting, and the reason why this was supposed to be a shock is. Um, Doom Patrol did such a great job of making his character seem like such a father figure, such a nice guy. Everyone's memories of him were so nice, so polite. Then you had side characters who were kind of like, nah, I don't think we're talking about the same guy. Like, the guy I know is horrible. But if you guys remember Niall's character in Titans, how devious he was, if that was the route they went in the actual Doom Patrol show, this wouldn't have surprised me. Because he seemed like a douche in, in Titans, but they completely yeah. changed the character, Doom Patrol, so that this would hit harder. Um, that's why it caught me off But if they went with the Titans persona that they gave him, that persona was kind of like, yeah, I could easily see this coming. That guy seemed like he was a, a Frankenstein kind of guy, um, and he would construct these experiments and personal character. Um, but has to the writers and producers of Doom Patrol for changing Niles um, and making this hit a lot harder because he just seemed like such a great guy because um, we only saw him through the eyes of the team, and the team loved him. Um, so it was really well done the way that they did it. But, no, I did not see this coming at any point. Yeah, I mean, if anything um... – you know, the main villain was supposed to be Mr. Nobody, but in a sense, you're like, well, the main villain is Niles, because 
uh, he is responsible, obviously, for all of their tragedies, but then uh, the death of uh, Cliff's wife, you know, I mean, that wasn't someone who deserved that. And so, yeah, I mean, if anything, maybe he was almost like the true villain and Mr. Nobody was just kind of messing with him to get it all out there to kind of uh, ruin the persona that the chief had really tried to cling on to after all these years. So, but I do, I will say that it kind of makes sense because the one thing that I was confused about throughout the whole series, I was like, how are they living for so long? I'm like, they're supposed to be from like the 1950s. And it's like, okay, I guess all the others with their powers, but, like, why is Niles, like, the same exact age for the past, like, 80 years? And then you're like, oh, okay, so he's trying to gain immortality for some reason, I guess, to protect his daughter. Um, But, yeah, so that whole thing, I did not see it coming. Uh, I'm super interested to see how things uh, transpire in season two, because are they going to stay within the Doom Manor? Is the chief going to be present during that time, or is he going to kind of be away? Because at this point, the team obviously doesn't trust him and doesn't want, you know, maybe anything to do with him. So that will be really interesting to kind of see. And uh, I guess we can kind of spitball into this. um, But, well, before we do, uh, another question I wanted to ask, because I'm just full of questions tonight, uh, I wanted to ask you guys as a fun little uh, thing, what was, and I'm putting everyone on the spot here, what was your favorite episode? So, Ryan, if you have an episode off the top of your head that you want to say is your favorite, let's dive into it. All right. So, I'm between two episodes, the season premiere and Jane Patrol. Those are my two favorite episodes of the season. Now, I'm stuck between the two of them because one, they're two great episodes and two, they're both equally great in their own rights which makes it even harder because Doom Patrol, the very first episode, you have the set of nobody characters. You don't know who they are. You got a smidge taste of them from Titans and the thing is, they're not the same characters. Their attitudes are a lot different than the people we met in Titans. So, honestly, it's almost like we're meeting the same characters, just different characters at the same time. So, we're trying to readjust to see how they are. Because if you remember in Titans, Cliff was never this bad mouth guy. He was quite polite. He was always asking whether you're okay. And he was kind of like a, a butler almost. A, a babysitter. He was like the Alfred to Beast Boy almost, if you want to think about it. And in this show, he's like, holy fuck, and he fuck, 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 fuck. He's just, he's just laying F-bombs left and right. And then you have Larry, who in Titans was this bundle of joy. My dude probably had a smile on his face under that saran wrap he had, or gauze wrap, whatever the hell it's called. And he was cooking, doing all these great things. And Rita was this really depressed character along with Niles, who is a very cynical character that I mentioned in the very beginning of today's show. And you can see that they're completely different characters. And they all have this really great emotional backstory. You have Cliff, who 
likes his life but doesn't like his life. He likes his life except for the wife part. He doesn't love his wife because for reasons that they never really explained too much. So he cheats on her, but he feels like a piece of shit for it because he feels like he's going to hurt his daughter. He's going to hurt the relationship, which will hurt his daughter. And she, the, the wife doesn't find out. And then they die. And he's on this journey of becoming a better man in his second life, which is the robot suit. And then you have Larry, a guy who never came to terms with himself or with his family. And he finally got the chance to do it after almost like 50 years. You see, you see this, this mentally broken man because he was never accepted by the people for another, for one reason. And for another reason, he's not accepted by people nowadays because he's disfigured and he got into this accident and lives in a, in a, in a mansion by himself and other weird quote unquote freaks. Then you have Rita, who is a huge movie star that everyone loved and adored. And even in the season premiere, the waitress in the diner that they go to in town even asked her if she's Rita. So not only did she have an impact when she was not the freakishly elasty girl, but she's also making an appearance. She's making herself well-known nowadays from her roles back in the 50s. And she's just trying to overcome this disfigurement and all this. And then you got Niall, who is this character. You know, you can see that he cares about these characters, and he, he knows what he did to them, and he feels awful because he knows these are, he ruined all these people's lives for his own morality, his own reasons. And I think the season premiere really demonstrates a great length in the character depth and who each character is, their characteristics, how they're going to interact with one, one another throughout the entire season. And it really gives us a great overview of who the villain is, Mr. Nobody, fantastic villain, Adam Alan fucking Tudyk, give him an Emmy, not really, but great villain, great characters, great introduction, and I, I, I kind of enjoyed how they didn't put Cyborg in the season premiere, because the, the writers of the show know that we know who Cyborg is, they know that we don't need an introduction to Cyborg, because if you see in the second episode, He's cyborg. He's doing his thing. There's no introduction. Throughout the series, you learn what happened, but he doesn't get a formal, like, epilogue like the other characters did in the first episode. And the writers knew that they needed to sell us the characters. So they dedicated the very first episode to every character that we didn't know. And I applaud them for that. But then you have Jane Patrol, which was, like, episode, like, seven-ish, I want to say, where... Jane essentially gets trapped in her own mind. And in her mind, you have the, the negative force in Larry connecting Cliff's brain and Jane's brain. So Cliff takes on his physical form as Brendan Fraser, and he was one of the best performances ever. Honestly, between Cliff Steele and Crazy Jane and her 63 personalities were one of the best aspects of the show. And this show really capitalized on their relationship. They were very confident that we would we, we, we would appreciate the relationship that Cliff gets with Jane because he never had a daughter and he sees Jane as this 
second chance almost. So he takes that second chance, and we they, the writers do we buy into it, and so they made a whole episode based on it. And I give him credit to it because this was a great episode. You really get into the psyche of Jane and how she's feeling, and not only how she's feeling, but all sixty-three other personalities. You can see they all have their own form inside her mind. Meanwhile, when we just see her, she just switches attitudes almost and gets like a a new hairdo or or, or like a palette change from James Charles almost. And we never really got to see physical versions of like Baby Doll or or, um, the chick that was like really wanting to marry everyone. I I don't remember all their names, but you got to see these physical versions and it gave them a more meaningful idea almost. Like this is not just one person portraying different personalities. These are actual people living in another woman's brain to a certain extent because they use Jane's physical body as other personalities, but then they use completely other different people to portray different attitudes and personalities to show that it's not just Jane in her mind. It's multiple people, and when those multiple people want to come out, they come out but not in their physical version, but in their attitude version. And they use Jane as a host almost. And I, th- I thought it was brilliantly well done. And they gave more depth to a character that could have been very just like, oh, yeah, she, she just changes attitudes and really just messes people up. And they really did a deep dive on her psyche and a deep dive on Cliff's psyche almost and how he goes and saves Jane because – in the episode, Jane just does not want to come out. She doesn't want to live in this world. She doesn't want to be a person that's controlled by all these different personalities. And he, as a father figure, is trying to help her find her way and help her out of this so-called funk. So they're evenly evenly my favorite episode. Yeah, I think that you described both of them perfectly. Uh, Really quick, I have to say that my favorite is Jane Patrol, so everything that you said uh, 100% encompasses it. Um, Juwan, are you still with us right now? All right, Juwan may have... Oh, uh, I'm here. I'm here. Sorry, I had... You're here? Okay. Uh, Juwan, do you have a specific episode that you would point out as your favorite that you'd like to share? Yeah, I mean, very easily, I, I think I said it um, not too long ago, it's um, Doom Patrol Patrol, uh, and that's the episode the original Doom Patrol. I just love seeing uh, the history of the team that came before the, the team that we see now. And, again, I love that they do not call this new team the Doom Patrol. Like, they don't call themselves the Doom Patrol, and I'm very curious to see if they do in Season 2. But, yeah, I love that first uh, uh, that episode of Doom Patrol Patrol. Like I said, so many Easter eggs of Masters of Evil, everything like that. Um, it was just so much fun to just do it like a dumpster dive of, of how many Easter eggs I could find in that episode. Um, but, yeah, I definitely give it to that one. Yeah, and I would agree. And also that episode was a great episode to get more – uh, background story of Rita, especially with Mento, and kind of uh, how she even came to get the little bit of control that she even has 
Uh, we've obviously seen throughout the series whenever she's feeling especially struck that she says that, quote, uh, the person who is breathing is me, and it's clear now that she got that from Mento. So I think that that was a really good way for them to kind of incorporate more backstory of Rita. So that is a great pick. Um, AJ, do you have a specific episode that you would say is your favorite? (laughs) Well, Ryan already um, described um, Jane Patrol pretty well, and all of his thoughts were exactly what I thought about the whole episode. So whatever Ryan said, I did all everything he talked about for Jane Patrol. Yeah, I'm essentially going to ditto everything he said about Jane Patrol too, uh, just because it was freaking amazing. I loved uh, Hammerhead's actual look. Uh, the fact that she's a bald woman just makes it just ten times better. I absolutely love that. That was a great episode, even more diving into what caused uh, Jane to have all these personalities. Great uh, Brendan Fraser moment where we saw him mostly in his uh, human form, so that was fantastic. Um, I also want to kind of shed light just a little on um, uh, which one was it? Holy shit, now I like lost my train of thought here. Holy crap, don't you guys hate when that absolutely happens? But uh, <laughs> 100%. Uh, I was going to say the one where they're doing the recreator, um, because just the fact that you have oh, Alan, yeah, you have Alan uh, Tudyk, uh, but Mr. Nobody, and I think we said earlier where he's like, I wasn't even in the past two episodes. What the hell? And him and Niles essentially having to, like, buddy up together and Mr. Nobody having his narration where he gets uh, Dr. Harrison on his side and he's like the only thing is she was utterly insane and I I like love Dr. Harrison's character the fact that they brought her back I was like yes love Dr. Harrison one of my favorite of Jane's uh, multiple personas but I thought that was a pretty good one too uh you know, all of, them, all of them are really good. If I have to say that there's an episode that maybe I just wasn't, like, thrilled about was probably uh, the one with Niles Calder's, like, backstory. I just kind of, like, yeah. didn't necessarily care too much. Yeah. The, and also, it's just super freaky, you know. It's like, uh And I also felt like, you know, is this kind of, like, bordering right now of acceptable? Um, there was just a lot of, like, things uh, that kind of rubs me a little with that. But besides that, everything was pretty much solid. Anytime you had an episode that centered around Cliff, I was ecstatic about. Um, I loved, uh, what was it, the second to last episode where uh, Mr. Nobody gives them their, like, kind of pseudo lives back and Cliff kind of goes back to doing exactly the same bad behavior that he was doing. And he's like, holy shit, like, did I not learn at all? I'm, like, back here and I'm doing the same exact crap. I'm, you know, screwing the nanny, which I shouldn't have been doing in the first place, and now I'm just doing it all over again. So I just really like that. But um, so we have uh, about, like, 17 minutes left, and I guess we should kind of maybe talk a little bit about what we are looking for in Season two, uh, AJ. I'm going to start with you. <laughs> this 
show, this show is so this show is so weird. I don't even know what to expect to be honest. But I really hope, like I already mentioned before, I really hope that they expand on Rita's character a little bit more. So we can have like a full developed character on her. I hope that, like Ryan said, I hope we get um, Victor's father back um, in season two. I I hope they get more um, new characters. I don't know who because I haven't read the comics, and I I really hope that they or I I honestly have no idea. All I know is that um, I hope to get great performances from all the. Actors and actresses, um, great plot, great writing, um, even weirder. Um, just everything needs to be even better than season one, which is probably going to be hard to compete with. It most likely is. I feel like they can pull it off. I would say um, I really hope that, like, Cyborg comes back. I mean, it seems like, you know, that obviously he will, but I know that, he mostly is with, like, the Titans. So um, if that does, say, happen where he transfers over, I hope it's not, like, not talked about or not shown. I would like to see Beast Boy actually in uh, Doom Patrol, you know, even just for an episode. That would be great to kind of have him come in. Maybe, you know, you can have a backstory where he was once uh, living in the house and then he went off to be with the Titans. It doesn't necessarily have to be the same continuity. And then he comes back and he's like, what happened, guys? And it's like, oh, man, you don't even know. Uh, but obviously, uh would love to see Flex come back and then some more Danny because uh, Danny the Street was great. And I really want to see uh, Cliff finally telling his daughter, like, hey, this is me. And I'm so sorry that I couldn't be in your life for the past 30 years, but this is what happened. So I really hope that we see something along those lines. Absolutely. Um, and just I hope that this isn't the last of Mr. Nobody that we saw, uh, just because that would be really tragic to lose uh, that actor. He's so wildly talented. He brought amazing life to that uh, to that role. So if we didn't get him back, it could be one of those things where they thought he was gone, but then he isn't. Um, he just, like, pops back, like, maybe, like, in the middle of the season with his, like, a narration. They're doing something. And all of a sudden, like, pre-frame. And that would just be so cool. And maybe even the Beard Hunter come back. He was creepy, but I guess he could come back. I mean, why not? But, um, Ryan, what are you either expecting or really want to see happen in season two? So, other than seeing Cliff get with his daughter, I want to see Larry get with his his two children, too, because they never yeah. really, they, they paid so much attention to his sexuality and how much he ruined his life because he wasn't who he wanted to be, that I feel like it's time for them, to, this is the perfect setup for him to finally talk to his two boys that one of them might not even be alive still, because he hasn't seen them in, like, fuck 30, 40 years. So well, I was going to say, and I'm sorry to interrupt yeah. you, I was just going to no, say no. really quick that that always bothered me just a little bit because, Cindy, I'm like, you are a father. 
So didn't you ever have, like, a moment where you'd want to see your children? You didn't even talk about his kids. Like, all Cliff talked about was his daughter. And I'm like, Larry, like, you're a father to two children, and you never really talked about them. All you said, like, in passing one time, oh, they're better off without me. He never talked about his funny you should mention that because that's another thing that goes back to sexuality. I feel like he was – because he was so hidden within himself – when he had sex with the boy's parent and mother, he never wanted them, but she did. And he kind of had this detachment because this wasn't the life he wanted for himself. This is the life that someone else should have had that he, he had because he wanted to go and be with uh, Steve or whatever the other guy's name is. John. And he, uh, Sean, John, what, fuck me. John. And, uh, <laughs> and he, he rather have a life with, that man and start a family then with this woman and have two children and I feel like he he kind of sidelined the children because that was never his main priority in life. His main priority was being with the one he loved and sadly to say I don't think the woman nor the two children were the ones he prioritized because he didn't love them as much as he loved John. So. I mean I, I guess that he loved John and like you know that was Fine. I love that storyline we just, you know, talked about earlier that him uh, seeing John as an older man and having that moment was incredibly sweet. But I still felt like you're still a dad, regardless oh, yeah, of how definitely. you feel about, definitely. like, the wife. You're still a dad, and there still should be some of that uh, in there for you. So that was always something that, like, bothered me a little. So as far as, like, season two goes, uh, Ryan, I'm with you that I would love to hear him either acknowledge them or, you know, I hate to like bring it to this really sad level, but if he found out that one of them is dead and him like going to the grave and he's like, I'm so sorry that like I never even bothered to reach out all these years, you know, and now I'm never going to have that chance. Uh, so you could always like have something or even have just some flashbacks. Although I did think that maybe they kind of rectified that just a little when he was, uh, when Mr. Nobody gave him his little, like, glimpse of him having his life back, and he did hug his boys, and he did, like, hold them, and it did seem like he was relieved to see them again, so I thought that, like, maybe the writers were sitting there going, oh, shit, we kind of forgot that Larry had kids. Maybe we should acknowledge them a little. It's like, yeah, you should. You spend all this time on Cliff and his daughter. Like, let's focus a little on Larry and his two sons. You know, they grew up without a dad, too. But, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, uh, Ryan. I didn't mean to take over your story. No, no, it's all good. That, that's pretty much all, all I really want to see other than more Alan Tudyk as Mr. Nobody. And I, I want to see the relationship between Jane and Cliff grow more. I want to see the bond between Larry and Rita get more and then I want fucking Cyborg to be more of his own person and not have to worry about his father or the system overrunning himself or controlling him yeah definitely I want more Cyborg um, we should, Jovi and Wade is just so good in that role I never expected that I would really like that character that much um, just because like in Teen Titans the cartoon he was never like my favorite but what, uh, and even 
Although I will say probably in Justice League, as much of a train wreck as that movie was, I did think that uh, Ray Fisher was one of the only redeeming qualities. So I guess it shouldn't be like that much of a surprise, but Joby and Wade really just blew me freaking out of the water with his performance. So, yeah, um, I think we kind of covered all the bases. Do you guys have anything else that you'd like to talk about in concern with Doom Patrol? Um before we kind of wrap up. Let's give a shout out to Swamp Thing because it's coming out in a week. Is it really coming out in a week? week, Holy shit. Yeah, next Friday. Wow. Is that going to be something that is tied in with these other shows or no? That's just going to be a standalone. I think it's going to be tied in. I definitely heard it was standalone. I don't know. What? I heard. I, I, I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> AJ's like, don't quote me on this. AJ's like, don't quote <laughs> me on this. I I have no idea. He's like, I am tired. So give me a break right now. I need to exactly. not focus on it. <laughs> but yeah, no, definitely make sure you guys check out Swamp Thing. It looks really cool. It looks really dark. Um. Certainly, probably everything that people wanted from this type of show. Uh, I got to say that the costume that they did for Swamp Thing looks sick. Like, if they manage to pull that off on every episode, that's going to look great. And that's definitely going to kind of show that just because it's a DC show that they can, like, really up their ante when it comes to their costume and special effects department. So, yeah, that looks really awesome. But, uh you know, I think that we did a great uh, review show for Doom Patrol. Uh, I still want to kind of come out next weekend with a top 10 moment, if you guys are still down for it for Doom Patrol, mm-hmm. just because. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So, you know, everyone who is listening, make sure that not only do you listen to this and give us, you know, your feedback, like us on uh Twitter, you know, uh, YouTube, blog talk, all that stuff, but make sure you uh, keep an eye out for next weekend. We're doing the top 10 uh, moments for Doom Patrol. Uh, AJ, would you like to give, you know, a little shout out and plug yourself and tell everyone where can we find you? You can always find me on Twitter at AJ underscore Geeks Vibes. You can argue with me. You can agree with me. You can do whatever you want. (laughs) Just, just have a great conversation, and that's all. Awesome, awesome. And we have to give a huge thanks to AJ because we, without him, I wouldn't even be watching these shows. So thank you, AJ, as always. <laughs> no problem. Uh, Ryan, uh, let us know what can we find from you. All right, or you can find me on TikTok at Ryan Wardak. First of all, I discovered time travel today. So y'all be on the lookout for that. I know cringy, but it's fine. And y'all can find me on Twitter, just Ryan again, because Twitter decided to delete my last account because they thought I was 13 for some reason. Anyway, bye, sisters. (laughs) Well, everyone, you can certainly find me on Twitter at TC underscore star. Obviously, uh, you know, www.gvnation.com. Our top tens are now, by the way, on YouTube, so make sure you check out our YouTube channel, Geek Vibes Nation, for all great content. And, yes, 
if you haven't watched Doom Patrol, obviously there's a shit ton of spoilers that you guys just listened to, but if you're okay with that, go to DC Universe and watch Doom Patrol. Thank you, everyone. Have a great night.